0: Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Elland. Lyme disease, which is caused by a tick bite, can be extremely debilitating for many people. If untreated, symptoms may include loss of the ability to move one or both sides of the face, joint pains, severe headaches with neck stiffness, or heart palpitations, among others. Months to years later, repeated episodes of joint pain and swelling may occur, and occasionally people develop shooting pains or tingling in their arms and legs. It can be quite a mess. Our guest today not only had Lyme disease, but Hepatitis C, and she's with us to talk about the use of cannabis as a treatment, and joining us from Philadelphia is Beverly Gravina. Beverly, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. Hi. Hi. When you were first diagnosed with Lyme, how old were you?
1: I was 11 when they figured it out. Back then this was the 80s, you know, they didn't it was it was new in Connecticut. So in, you know, around here they had no idea. It took years for them to figure it out. They thought it was a spider bite for a long time or all sorts of different things until one day my my grandfather um actually worked for Merck, Sharpen Dome. So there were all sorts of PDFs and things on the body laying around. And my dad just started doing his diligence, his due diligence in reading, and reading. And he actually was the one that figured it out. You know, this was before the Internet, before everything. And he, he brought it to my doctor. And sure enough, you know, I, shortly thereafter, I was hospitalized. Every All of my joints swelled up and locked into place. I, I was pretty much just, I was crippled. I was, um, you know, I went from being a healthy, active kid to I couldn't move. It was horrible.
0: So you were diagnosed at 11 with Lyme disease. Before that, what were some of the symptoms you were experiencing?
1: It started in my hands, my knuckles. It was almost like the most horrible arthritis you can picture in an old person, how the joints swell up and get bent. That was happening Mm. in my my fingers as as a little kid. But it would go away. So it was really, you know, it was really strange. And the very first thing it happened to was my thumb bent really weird. They put a hard cast on it.
0: <laughs> a hard cast <laughs> like on, your th- was, th- on your thumb?
1: They put a hard cast on my thumb because it was really swollen. and But they thought it was like kind of. Broken. They put, you know, they took X-rays. They couldn't see any break in it. It was just, it was, it was Lyme disease. You know, is what it was, and they didn't know what the heck that was. Then, <laughs>
2: how, how long did you have
0: that cast on for?
1: It was like four and a half weeks. I cut it off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the yeah. swelling, the swelling, kind of came and went.
1: Yes, the the worst was in my in the neck, as you were saying. Hmm. I I got the hor- horrible headaches that. Came with light if I would be outside for too long. It's like, you know, the when you le- read the the horrible side effects of what happens with certain medications when you go into the light, it was as if I would have taken those medications. Only I didn't and went out into the light and I would just, I remember field day. That was when it, I, we knew it was getting really, really bad. Field day in fourth grade. Um, we were outside and it was the very first race, but I had been standing in line for so long. It was a relay race and it was really hot that day. It was like one of the hottest days of the year. And I passed out, like really passed out, you know, hit the ground. Everybody had to come. They rushed. And I remember being thrown over somebody's shoulder and the smelling salts. And that was when it was like, okay, that this is, this is beyond, you know, a, a little girl. Cause I would faint too. I, I would sit there and I would get short of breath and faint. And they thought, you know, well, maybe I. Ha- there were things going on in my family. You know, my parents were divorced, so there were issues. I was an only child, you know. So they thought I was taking things in emotionally that way. Nobody, nobody knew what to look at. What was happening as what it actually was, because they didn't know.
0: Yeah, in the eighties, there was very little information about uh, Lyme disease. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. What treatment uh, did you undergo?
1: Oh, outside, I, outside I, of the I've, cast. Right. <laughs> right. That ingenious idea. Um, well, I, I've had multiple rounds of IV antibiotics. I can't think of what it's called right at this moment. I'm having a, a brain fart. <laughs> it starts with a day. Oh, my God. I've taken it so many times.
0: Well, that's okay. Wow.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I've had multiple rounds of IV antibiotics. I've taken oral. But once... When I was 11, I went into Bryn Mawr Hospital, which is, you know, one of the oldest, best hospitals in the United States, um, along with University of Pennsylvania. Uh, University of Pennsylvania, their Children's Hospital, I believe, is the oldest in in the United States. So I was going back and forth between those hospitals with them, trying to figure out, you know, what was wrong with me. So I was having the best care you could possibly have, but, you know, care can only go so far when they don't know what it is. I ended up being sent home, and my dad became my nurse, doctor, <laughs> because, you know, money uh, only goes so far. Insurance only goes so far when they don't know what it is. So, yeah, my dad took it on. It was crazy. He he was putting the IVs in, because we had the home nurse that came, and then after a certain amount of time, you know, it just got really expensive. So my dad was giving me the IV antibiotics and I ended up, you know, I was having, even when they got, they got rid of it, I would have side effects. I had arthritis immediately at like 11 chronic fatigue syndrome. Oh, that was horrible. I was a really, really bright child. I was in an academically talented program. Um, I just did really well. And after, you know, the rapture (laughs) that it had on my body. I can't describe it any other way. Like it was just this transformation happened. And I, I wasn't the same little girl. I couldn't do the same stuff. I didn't have the attention span. I, the headaches stayed and they were bad. Um, you know, I couldn't go to school. It, it just changed me. I don't know how else to describe it. And then I also, I got hit by a car when I was 16 years old and that, put my body through a huge shock <laughs> so a, a body that was already had all these things that was wrong with it you know they, i ended up inevitably being put on pain management at a young age a really young age and i've i've just i've always been this experiment almost it was like i've taken every round of everything that's been made for lyme disease i don't think there's there's one except for the radiation that was that was the last one they told me and i refused it because i I mean nothing ever worked you You know know, i I would be okay
2: i was sorry to interrupt, but i was just gonna ask did any of these antibiotics help at all
1: no not at all i became antibiotic immune it did nothing Mm. you know it was like it ran its cycle and then it would leave it had nothing to do with what it was being i was being given so it would have have done that anyway Right, okay. right, exactly. You know, and and I've I've since you know refusing the radiation and that I, I I've seen the cycle of what goes on in my body, and you know I've learned what to do because it's really it's my body's crying out because it's missing something. You know that's 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 what I've come to realize. Like there's there's certain things that you t- that you can take cannabis being one of them. Like I have. If an endocannabinoid deficiency is real, I'm the one that has it. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is because the Lyme disease created that within me. My my brain doesn't produce. You know, it doesn't mean that it can't. It just doesn't. And once once I learned, I was taught (laughs) what I could do to to start healing myself. My life just took a, a, a. complete 180 you know it was like going let's let's go back to that
2: and and okay so you're 16 and you've been hit by a car and then you do all the (sighs) painkillers
1: yeah all of them
2: (laughs) right and and (laughs) at one time and then what
1: (laughs) it's it was well the same spiral that you hear everywhere i mean that was that this was that was back in the 90s there was no oxycontin then it was about to come out so when when all that happened i was being given percocet and dilaudid (laughs) and you know that's just like it was like instant gratification instant pleasure and i just ended up burning out every bit of everything in me you know my, my, my my brain couldn't produce this stuff anymore my immune system was shot my pleasure centers were shot everything was shot because all these pharmaceuticals were given to me that really weren't doing anything at all that was the crazy part. I was on the most insane amount of things, like nine medications at once. Like, just insanity. Somebody shouldn't be be able to function like that, let alone legally be prescribed them. My goodness.
0: <laughs> you know, I'm blown away, Beverly, by the fact that they offered you radiation for your treatment. I mean, yeah. that just seems to be bloody barbaric.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know what? Now, Google. Huh. It's crazy how normal they think it is. Google it now. One of the things they think of as being an acceptable... Oh, I forgot. I looked it up last night. I was going to bring it up and talk about the insanity of how that's one of the first things they offer people now. What was my end is one of the first things they offer. One
2: of the first options. Yeah. Yes.
1: Probably. Yeah. I know. Crazy. Like, I—I I, when I think of radiation, I think... Like, when I was little... People had got gotten cancer and stuff, but not like one person out of every family, mm-hmm. you know, like something like that, and not like it is now, you know. So when I think of radiation, my head still goes back to that little girl, like, "Whoa, you're getting radiation!" Like that's 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 heavy. But now the train of thought has changed so much because of. The insanity of big pharma and medications, like people think it's okay to be prescribed all that stuff. So now when radiation is thrown out there as one of the first options, they're like, okay, maybe we should just go there.
0: When you were a teenager and you were taking all these medications, uh, what was teenage life like for you? And what did your friends think of you taking all these medications?
1: Oh, I, I I couldn't have them. I can only have like I I have some really, really amazing friends. Don't get me wrong. Like they stuck by me, but I pushed them away because nobody understood how I went from being the little girl that I was to who I had become. It was two totally different people. And I, I did everything I could to isolate myself. I uh I would spend weeks by myself or the the opposite and just disappear. It was like I was I would swing. I had crazy mood swings. Um insane actually mood swings that were a direct cause, of course, from you know, they say that, that and it is, Lyme disease is um the same diptylococcus or cocci, however you say it, it's the same bacteria that causes syphilis. It drives you nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I experienced that at a young age. My brain was just pushed, like literally. I I don't know how else to describe it. It was like it was being pushed on. And I I was becoming somebody I wasn't. And the medications thrown on top of it with all these side effects. And it was just bad, you know. And because I stopped feeling like I, all together, I stopped emotionally feeling. I stopped physically feeling. I, I just I couldn't be a I couldn't be a, a daughter. I couldn't be a friend. I couldn't be anything. You know, I, I could be a patient. I was a really good patient.
0: <laughs> you just <laughs> felt, you feel totally isolated.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like as I, I said, I was an academically talented program. I went from me having these goals and dreams and, and wanting to be somebody and do something and help people to I wanted to be on disability. So I could sit around and not be expected to do anything because I couldn't. I was tired, and I was depressed, and you know, the the complete and totally abnormal had become normal. Tell us, and people were co-signing it.
0: (laughs) Sorry, tell us how cannabis entered the picture.
1: Ah, that is the best part of the story. I was watching what was happening. This was not that long ago. I had just had my son, Sebastian who was four, and right after I had him, I was told, you know, your your symptoms are back. It's chronic, so, you know, it never goes really away anyway, so you're getting a flare-up, pretty much, like hemorrhoids. (laughs) So, you know, they were like, let's see where it pans out. Let's see what pans out, you know, because when you take the antibiotics, it does nothing. And I kind of just let it go. You know, my son was born in January. I let it go, like, five months or something like that. Richie, his daddy. <laughs> Richie's dad was taking cannabis oil. He had been diagnosed with stage three lung cancer. And, you know, at that point the tumor had almost completely reduced in size. And I knew what what was happening. You know, I, I was watching in other people's lives how cannabis could help. So I, one day, decided to call Corey. You know, I was like, you know, if if, if there is an option, Corey probably will know. <laughs> right, because so,
2: I was already involved with your dad, or with your right, father-in-law. R- yes,
1: exactly, exactly. So, okay. I called Corey, and just coincidentally, no coincidences, but coincidentally, that day on another radio show, Rick Simpson was actually speaking with doctors in Colorado on Lyme disease. So I ended up calling in and I got I got a hold of him. And I mean, Corey told me to do this. We And he ended up they went into this big, long discussion. And turns out, you know, people had healed themselves. But I'm I'm from Pennsylvania. It wasn't going to happen here. That's for sure what I needed to do, because I a, I have a child, <laughs> you know, at this point, he's a baby. I needed help. Like I was be, I was I was being put in a position where. I either had to do what the, my health insurance, health insurance was the biggest part. I was on pain management. So, you know, you've got to do what pain management says or you're not going to be on pain management anymore. And having extremely high levels of cannabis in your system is not okay, typically. <laughs> now, it's, it's kind of to lean in a different way. But back then, it was not okay to have that in your system. So, I walked off. I just stopped going and I got in I rented a car (laughs) and we drove across the country you know and thank God for family everybody helped me and helped Richie and I basically we took off and we went to Colorado and we got hooked up with some incredible people and as the story goes you know I was in a cannabis coma for like a month whoa like I've smoked a lot of pot in my life (laughs) and going from you know the stuff we had in Philadelphia to this medicine, like, it was – I didn't experience the sickness. Like, I was okay, and that was the crazy part because I had been on suboxone, methadone, blah, 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 all opiates down the line, you know, from the hardest to the softest, and I was okay. I, I mean, I like I said, I was in a cannabis coma. I, we lay, I laid in that bed, you know, in the hotel and just healed. Like, you could almost feel it. It was it was crazy. It was intense. And sorry, you know, was, sorry to I,
2: interrupt here, Bev, but I, can can you just be clear with whoever's listening when you're talking about this cannabis coma? This is not from smoking, correct?
1: No. This is from, do- this is from <laughs> no. doing the oil. This is from ingesting oil, and eating it.
2: Now, the, the other thing is, I believe you mentioned um, that you were on methadone, but you were yes. also on heroin, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: I've. I mean, I've been on everything. You know, the, the. As I said, the medication stopped working, so I went to street drugs, or when I walked off of the doctor. You know, and that's happened before, where I was on the methadone program. I never really wanted to be on it. I always wanted to be normal, and I couldn't be, you know, because I kept being told that you're sick, and I kept having these relapses of this illness. I, you know, I went when I went there in 2000. I haven't had a relapse since; it just doesn't exist in my body anymore. And that the hepatitis is 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 another thing. Um, I didn't know that I was helping it. I actually got told as last summer, I went into the hospital because I was pregnant and I was told when I was in the hospital that I had no signs of it in my body. And I'm like, how, how could that possibly be? My levels were like in the hundred thousands a couple years ago. And you know, the doctors all got together and they're like, Oh, the miracles, you're pregnant, miracles of pregnancy. I'm like, no. (laughs) I know what this is and I can't tell you, <laughs> but it's, it's cannabis. You know, I, I've been taking since I, I ingest X amount, you know, whether it be, cause I, not everybody can, I can't afford it. I know I certainly can't afford to, if I would love to be able to, and when the state becomes a legal state, maybe I'll be able to grow it and make it for myself. But as of right now, I can't afford to ingest a regimen of cannabis oil every day, but I do get it in me. You know, and I find that as long as I get it in me, and I, I stay healthy and positive and happy, I I continue to be healthy and positive, positive and happy. It's it's just so crazy the switch that's happened in my life, (laughs) and not just mine. Like everybody's in my life.
2: What was it like coming off of the methadone and heroin and Xanax and Uh, (laughs) Klonopin?
1: Well, oh, I don't. There's not a way you can really put that into words it's it's the most it, it, there there's so much tension and anxiety typically you know you just feel horrible you want to die i've had seizures that's another thing that lyme disease created um i had a horrible seizure disorder i've had from grand mal seizures to petite mal to ocular gyric syndrome which is where my eyes would roll in the back of my head and and just flutter. And I couldn't see anything. I could hear, smell, taste, touch. Just my sight was gone. And, I mean, it would happen in most, of course, inopportune times. I'd be in a store with my dad. I remember that, shopping with my dad. And my eyes started rolling back in my head. And I had to be led out of the store. And Gatorade, that was... Electrolytes would bring me out of that kind. Um, It was like my body got... A switch turned on when I was little and this little buggy invaded me. And cannabis I mean I, I, I also I do other things. I stopped eating meat <laughs> like I, I got I've I've gotten healthy. That's a huge thing being healthy.
0: <laughs> Beverly, uh I mean this in the kindest of sense, but Jesus, you were a mess. Oh yeah. You were yeah. a real mess. What was it like? What would you, what did you feel like after the one month in Colorado?
1: everything was, I I don't, it was brighter. Like, it was like all of my senses were heightened and back. Uh, Like being awake. It was like, I, I was asleep for the longest time and I was becoming myself again. I don't know how else to, to put it into words. It was an extremely, extremely spiritual experience. I mean, like going from the depths of hell. To Like, my life is, if there could be a heaven on earth, it, I, c- I could say that it would describe that. I will, Because I've gone from what I've seen, like, it, <laughs> but also to me, like, heaven is in million-dollar mansions. Doesn't mean that's not coming. You know, the fact that the person that couldn't function, that wanted disability, now takes part in running a national corporation. That's just, uh, I wasn't that person. I couldn't be. But it turns out I am, and cannabis did that.
0: You got your life back.
1: Yeah. And nope, you, and you got mine. off of
2: those. Uh, you got off of heroin and uh, methadone, etc.
1: Everything. Yep. <laughs> Everything that the doctor pushed at me, I gave back.
0: <laughs> Have you been tested for Lyme since you've been using cannabis? Yes. And
1: it's just not there. It's not there. It's not there.
0: So you got rid of the Lyme disease, you got rid of your hepatitis C, you got your life back, you feel better, and yeah. you're moving ahead. That's fantastic.
1: It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm, I'm also like, I'm a case study. I have doctors that follow what I do because of they have my whole life. But now I have very progressive, amazingly smart doctors who are on my side that, you know, watch and monitor and, of course, are documenting. And hopefully, whatever's happening with me is going to help other people.
0: Do
2: you, Are you yeah. on a maintenance dose of oil then? Do you do oil every day or... I, I
1: can't afford to. I yeah. wish I could. <laughs> I wish I could. But yeah, in some way, it gets in me. Whether it's, you know, I eat a brownie, I smoke it. I don't even... I don't like to smoke anymore, really. Smoke in in a whole in and of itself is just not okay. I don't think <laughs> to mm-hmm. ingest. So vape, I've, I'll vape it if I can, and I, I find that that's tends to work better. Um, yeah, but if the, the most oil I can ingest, I can, I do.
0: So
2: as consistently as possible. It's,
1: it's- yes. <laughs>
0: Well, Corey's motto is, uh, no matter what you take, just get it into your system. Don't worry about whether it's smoking, vaping, oil, or what's Just get it in however strain. you can. Right. That's right.
1: Right. Yeah. Yep. And it works. I mean, there's been months have gone by where I, where I haven't taken oil, but it's believe me, it's gotten in me, and I'm still okay.
0: Like, I just think you...
1: it's, at some point it's a certain level that you have to stay at.
2: You are a different woman than the woman I first spoke to four, <laughs> four
1: years ago. Yes. Yeah. You're, you're, she
2: how so? Her, her, just even her energy, like the vitality that exudes. Just yeah. listening to you. Yeah, she was awesome. like this talking to me. Oh, was she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she was very ill.
1: Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was.
0: Boy, you're vibrant. It's awesome you, to you, have you, it be you, in
1: the past. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're vibrant now.
1: Yeah, I wake up like it. It's. I'm just happy. Like, I have no reason not to be.
0: Well, you've been in the depths of hell. I mean, it's, you, you've escaped.
1: <laughs> I did. I did. And not by myself either. You know, like, you and things like that, you bring your whole family down, and my whole family isn't down <laughs> anymore. Everybody's close. You know, of course, all families fight and whatever, but I have relationships with people that I wouldn't have
0: Beverly, at all. Beverly, you say the doctors monitor you. They know that you've been on cannabis, and cannabis has helped you? Yes. They're, I mean, these are
1: also the same doctors that are just waiting, you know, for the laws to change because they're going to be dispensing it themselves.
0: <laughs> oh, I see. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's there's doctors that are definitely waiting in Pennsylvania. It's just a matter of, I think at the last time I checked, it was waiting for the seeds to be allowed to have the seeds. <laughs> Crazy craziness. You can have the plant you can't have the seeds, you can have this, you can't have that. Well, it's not going to work until they set something in stone. Do
0: you know, Beverly, with all the nasty uh, pharmaceuticals you were on and uh, other medications, I was showing Corey today, um, there was a study in the European Journal of Microbiology and Immunology. Excuse me. And uh, in that study, it's about Lyme disease. And it was a study out of the uh, University of New Haven in West Haven, Connecticut, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Hello. (laughs) Yeah. And it said that stevia, whole plant extract, was more beneficial against the uh, Lyme disease than antibiotics, which I thought that was really interesting.
1: That's amazing. You know, I completely, completely believe that something like that could be possible. I've had I also have taken a regimen of baking soda. I've made my body completely alkaline. So when I when I hear things like that, like, honey, there's there's so many different things that are beneficial. Even throwing some limes in water. It's crazy the amount of stuff that's out there that you can literally like pick off of a a plant and and fix yourself. You know? Like I I don't want to sound like a a lunatic bible person because i'm not by any means but everything was given to us that we really need like it's all here you know the earth provides what we need it's we're just a part of it and it's like almost ridiculous for us to think that we could improve on that (laughs) look what happened (laughs) didn't improve that's for sure (laughs) man-made chemicals are just that they're man-made
0: what other changes did it uh, cannabis make to your system besides getting rid of your Lyme disease and hepatitis C? If that isn't enough, huh.
1: yeah. Well, I this is another study that's pretty much going on. I from the Lyme disease and and it runs in my family. We have endometriosis. Pretty much everybody, all the women at some point get a hysterectomy. Woohoo! Fun. Um, I the Lyme disease on top of it. I. It was horrible being a woman like I just had horrible periods. I would get them twice a month, heavy, very bad. I, and I had gotten to the point where I was told I couldn't have kids again. And remember, I had said that I was in I had to go to the doctor last year to the hospital when they had told me I didn't have hepatitis. Well, it was because I was pregnant. I had made my body so healthy, so alkaline that it had gone from being that I couldn't have a child and I was trying to figure out, you know, when I was going to... I actually had stopped working. Like, I was trying to set up so I could have a hysterectomy. And then all of a sudden, I was pregnant. So, I had made my body so alkaline. I had made my... just. I, they'd said I, I made it such an inhabitable environment. The baby just started growing. And it was a fetus that shouldn't have. Um, when I actually went to the hospital last July... It was because I was having a miscarriage, and it stopped. Um, I was bleeding. Like, that was the point where, you know, that baby that ended up, in the end, I ended up miscarrying. It was a horrific experience. But, you know, that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have changed whatever was going on in my body so drastically. As I had said, the University of Pennsylvania Hospital and Children's Hospital, it's being one of the oldest hospitals, those doctors now after seeing all that they're they're kind of monitoring and watching they they took pieces of me and of of Simon of our, our the baby and our son and now you know they're trying to figure out what it is they can do outside of the body to reproduce that environment so now those babies that are born premature at 5 months or 4 months or whatever how can they make a, an environment like what was going on in May, and that's happening right now? <laughs> that's incredible.
2: So, what you're saying is you should have never even been able to get pregnant, and then nope. to get pregnant and to carry that that baby as long as you did was it, seriously was nothing short of a miracle.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So, and I mean, everybody that's come into contact with it. It's a case study is what it is. Like they really made it a case study and how to figure out how to make this. You know, it's we can make everything else. Let's have it if we make some life live.
0: Keeping healthy really isn't that hard. And I don't know know why people try and think and believe that it is hard because you've done something very simple. Baking soda and water will alkalize your body. If people have uh, a lemon in water in the morning. That will do the same thing. uh get off the sugar uh, sugar sugar's the worst. sugar is just absolutely horrible yep. and if if people started to do that, they would feel a hell of a lot better and they, alive <laughs> they would they, they would feel alive and they would feel healthier and you are a perfect example of that you've gotten rid of uh Lyme disease and hepatitis C and uh you're a healthy, vibrant young woman now
1: yep. I'm um, I just the, just the fact that I'm able to like hold myself together to keep a job, <laughs> let alone the job that I have, the career. You know, like my my brain was not capable of that, and it is. So if I can do it, anybody can. Anybody. It's, it almost it's it's like I've gone on this mission at this point now. You know, I I want other people to know.
0: Beverly, anything you want to say in conclusion?
1: Hmm. You're only as healthy as you want to be. <laughs> you know, you can either take the medicine or take the other medicine, the real medicine. You know, doctors doctors don't always know everything. They're just practicing.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's, that's why they call it a practice.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's. it's
2: I just found myself thinking, I wonder where you'd be today if you kind of carried on that road and not not
0: chosen to try cannabis.
1: I don't think I'd be here. <laughs> I really don't.
0: Beverly, it was great to talk to you.
1: You too. Thank you.
0: Thanks very much.
2: Beverly, you are awesome. You are too, Corey. <laughs>
0: Take care. Bye-bye. And that's another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. If you'd like to tell your story about the medical use of cannabis, send us an email at info at com. Wherever you are in the world, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter.
1: Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.
0: Tune into a major journey podcast today, where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride, both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth, both in their personal and professional lives. Check out a major journey today on all major podcast platforms.